This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. How are you? How's December going for you so far? Because I'm recording this in December, of course, which is why I just said that. Uh, it's the middle of December uh, as I record this now. So how's December for you? How is it for you? Or how was it for you if you're listening to this in a, in a month after or uh, any other month than December? How's it going? December can be a weird month, I think. It's pretty much the middle of winter, and if you celebrate Christmas, then December becomes a bit stressful because the Christmas holiday's coming, and you have to make sure you've got presents for everyone, and you have to sort out your travel plans and work out how much time you are willing or able to spend with your different family members, and it all gets a bit stressful. And of course, everyone else is going through the same thing. So generally, people seem a bit stressed out at this time of year. If you're late with your Christmas shopping, then that becomes a mad rush. And the shops are full of desperate people, like in that film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, the one where he's a desperate parent trying to find a certain present for his son or something. Not the Terminator, not that one. No, that's that's not a Christmas movie, is it? I don't think so. You know, the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he's like... Aah! Which is it's pretty much every film, isn't it? Any Arnold Schwarzenegger film has him going at some point. But anyway, the one I'm referring to is... Is it called Jingle All The Way? Something like that. It's probably got a different title where you are. But anyway, imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger with that face. That face that he does when he makes that noise. Imagine him in a, in a big department store trying to find toys and presents. It gets a bit like that, doesn't it? Plus, work commitments seem a bit heavy because everyone's trying to get things done before the Christmas break, and so things get a bit much. I hope that you're doing okay out there in podcast land. Uh, And some of you are going, yeah, it's fine, it's great, everything's peaceful and calm, no worries at all. I don't know, depends on, you know, if you're a parent and that sort of thing, doesn't it? Anyway, it's certainly true here for me that things are getting a bit much, because as you know, because I've been banging on about it since the summer. We are moving house, we're moving to a new flat, and we're having work done on the new place, and that's making things so much more complicated. Uh, Can't wait to move in, can't wait to be installed, but the moving is, uh, you know, you know how it is if you've ever moved uh, house or flat. Um, So, actually, I think this might be the last episode of the year, but I'm not sure. I have a couple of other episodes in the pipeline. There were other episodes I planned to record and upload. I wanted to do a special Christmas episode, but time is running out very quickly. So this might be the final episode of Luke's English Podcast for 2021. So Merry Christmas, everyone, if you celebrate Christmas, of course. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, I will just say season's greetings. If you don't get more podcasts from me, 
after this until January sometime, then you can just imagine that I've had to pack up all my podcast gear, switched off the internet, and moved all our stuff to a new flat, which will probably be full of boxes and maybe no internet connection. And meanwhile, I'll be at my parents' place in England. I mean, meanwhile, while my all, all the stuff is just in boxes in my flat, uh, my family and me will be at my parents' place in England, COVID permitting, just doing the usual Christmas things. And the podcast will return in January, probably, but we will see. I might be able to upload more before the new year. It depends. But in, in, in any case, there's no guaranteeing that. So I will say season's greetings and happy new year to you now. All right. Season's greetings and happy new year. Anyway, let me talk about this episode then. This is episode what? 750? Oh God, 750 what? 754? 754, I expect. And it's uh, the title of this one is something like this. Learning and teaching English in the metaverse slash the mandalorian with andy johnson so there are there are two topics here the metaverse and the mandalorian and this is just one single audio episode with this introduction but the video version which you will find on youtube is in two parts one which is just our chat about the metaverse and another one which is just our chat about the mandalorian and you don't get this wonderful introduction or the rambling i will do at the end because that's only for the hardcore audio lepsters i say hardcore there's actually many more of you uh in the audio verse uh in audio land uh than in video land anyway so there are video versions two uh separate videos for this on youtube uh, don't forget to like and subscribe smash that like button etc in this audio version let's start with the metaverse then andy is going to explain this himself but to be clear the metaverse or maybe a metaverse because there is more than one at the moment is essentially so all right what's a metaverse luke well uh, yeah andy's going to explain this but essentially it's a 3d open world online a metaphysical space which exists on the internet where people can go and interact and do all sorts of things it's a bit like a primitive version of the matrix from the film the matrix but the graphics aren't as good yet and it's not quite as scary and evil yet yet i hope it doesn't become like the matrix but you know you get the idea as these sorts of open online worlds become more and more sophisticated and as we learn how to use them we'll probably find ourselves operating within them more and more for various things especially for creating virtual workspaces for people working from home or people working from different locations but part of a team Currently, we use things like Zoom calls with breakout rooms and screen sharing, and we use things like Microsoft Teams and other platforms. But eventually, probably, these shared online spaces will become more immersive, opening up so many possibilities for teamwork, which perhaps are more natural and intuitive because they simulate the real world more directly, but with so much more control. So we're talking about 3D environments in which an avatar of you, you know what an avatar, like in the movie Avatar, but not all blue and weird. So 3D environments in which you can move anywhere 
and manipulate the environment and and talk to people and so on. So these metaverses can seem a little bit scary when you consider the frightening visions of this kind of thing that we've had from films like The Matrix. But on the other hand, they should allow us to work, collaborate and also play together in more productive and enjoyable ways than the current methods we have. Because uh, Zoom calls... uh, right? You know what I mean. Of course, many people are already using these online worlds, especially for gaming. There's a lot to discuss regarding these sorts of new online spaces. And I say new, but they're really not that new. Remember Second Life, the immersive 3D online world? And of course, there are all the online multiplayer games that people play, including things like GTA Online, those sandbox games where you can kind of go anywhere and do anything as long as it involves, you know, stealing cars and shooting people. (laughs) Um, but the metaverse has been around for years in various forms so there's a lot to discuss here in terms of what the metaverse is how it could be used and the philosophical ramifications of it all but what andy and i are going to focus on in this conversation is how the metaverse could be used as an environment in which to learn and teach english and what the advantages of that could be so that's the main focus of our chat really Most of our chat is about that. Then, though, then, though, then after that, we have a chat about the Star Wars TV series, The Mandalorian. This is quite long overdue on this podcast, as I wanted to talk about it in an episode or two at the start of 2021, when The Mandalorian Season 2 was first streamed on Disney+, and it was all fresh in people's minds. So I did want to talk about it about a year ago, uh, and quite a few listeners got in touch to ask me to share my thoughts on it on the podcast. So finally, here we go. There's about 25 minutes of chat about The Mandalorian, including spoilers for the end of Season 2. Now, I know that not everyone is a Star Wars fan, which is totally fine, of course, so it might not be for all of you, but it's at the end of this conversation, so hopefully the Star Wars fans will be happy to hear us discuss it uh, quite briefly, I must say, and the non-Star Wars fans can feel free just to take it or leave it, basically. In any case, keep listening if you want to hear me talking about The Mandalorian on the podcast, finally. Uh, We're nearly ready to start, but I think I should also add something about the lexicology of the word meta, since we're talking about the metaverse here, and meta is a word that's trending at the moment, meta this, meta that, and so on. So I would say that metaverse uh, is something of a portmanteau word. A portmanteau word, that's a word that's been made by joining two other words together. So metaverse is something of a portmanteau word because it's a bit like a new word which has been made by sticking together two other words, in this case meta and universe, right? Metaverse. The verse part in metaverse is from universe, of course, and also, uh, you know, multiverse, Uh, is a trending word at the moment because of the new Spider-Man film and the upcoming Doctor Strange film, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So multiverse, another uh, sort of portmanteau word with the word verse in it from universe. Multiverse means a system of many interconnected universes or parallel worlds. 
And I think now in phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we have many different alternate realities all converging, which should be entertaining and quite confusing as well, probably. But multiverse is not the word we're dealing with here. That's another episode for another time. I just wanted to mention multiverse because it's another portmanteau word with verse in it, meaning universe. But uh, let's just refocus on metaverse then so we know what the verse part of that means universe but what about meta now this word or prefix is currently being used more than ever you probably saw the recent news that facebook changed its name to meta although the social network Uh, that we log on to and stuff will still be called Facebook as far as I know. The company behind it, though, will be called Meta. So what is the word Meta? Is it even a word or is it just a prefix? Let's see. So the word or prefix Meta comes from ancient Greek and essentially means beyond or about. Okay, beyond or about. There are many uses of the word. In some cases, it's an adjective, like when people say, well, that's that's so meta. They might say it in that kind of voice. Yeah, it's very meta, isn't it? And in some cases, it's a prefix to a noun, like in metaphysical or metaverse. Essentially, meta refers to going beyond something or going outside something and then becoming self-aware or looking back at the thing that you've gone outside and looking uh, objectively looking at it, becoming self-aware. In the case of the metaverse, which is a metaphysical online universe, this means going beyond the normal physical limitations of the real world and entering a world which is somehow outside that reality, a world like the Matrix, which is free from the limitations of the real world. So that's an example of when meta means beyond, right? Sometimes, though, meta means about. And for me, this is like going outside of something and then looking back at the thing that you've transcended and kind of commenting on it talking about it and so on okay for example a film might be described as meta when the film becomes self-aware and starts commenting on the medium of film itself this is quite hard to explain Uh, let's just say this the tv series friends was not very meta i think the characters lived in their world and they lived their lives and there was never a sense that they knew that they were living in a fictional made-up place but if at any point the characters in the film started commenting on their world but from a sort of outside view then that would be meta for example if chandler and joey started commenting on how their apartment building wasn't real or that they lived inside a tv show or if rachel said something like so i'm a waitress but how can I afford to live in this nice big apartment in Manhattan, huh? Maybe even looking at the camera while doing it, then that would definitely be quite meta. If the show started to realise it was just a show and in fact was commenting on that, then the show would be outside of itself and commenting on itself, self-aware. So then you'd say, wow, Friends Friends is uh, really meta, isn't it? Yeah, I've just noticed that, uh, you know, Friends is actually really meta. Has said no one ever because it's not unlike something like the simpsons which is certainly quite meta because it seems that the simpsons knows it's a tv show right it's constantly breaking the the sort of um, conventions of a normal normal tv show and showing the audience that hey we know that we we're a tv show does that make sense of course it does 
Um, So anyway, that's meta, the adjective, meaning self-referential or self-aware, the about part of that old Greek meaning. Here's another example of meta that refers to learning English. In learning English, we talk about metacognitive strategies. These are ways of thinking about how you learn and the way you think about learning. You could go outside of your normal learning behaviour. You go outside of your normal learning behaviour, observe it, consider it and think about it, perhaps creating new ways to think about and approach your learning habits. For example, many of the things that Bahar from Iran talked about in her episode of the Wispolep competition this year, these were metacognitive strategies. Her first approach to learning English didn't work she said. So she actually stepped out of her position, reconsidered her whole approach and created other ways of thinking and learning and the results worked well. She applied some metacognitive strategies to her learning of English. Um, Meta can also be a noun, especially in gaming. Um, People talk about a meta while gaming, as far as I'm aware. I'm not completely sure about this because I'm not really a gamer, but as far as I can tell, a meta is the best strategy to use in order to win a game. So this is like another definition or maybe another use of the word meta. Now, I've only read that, okay? I've, 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 I've just read about that. Um, and I've also, I've also read that meta in gaming could be an acronym, uh, the acronym being Most Effective Tactics Available, M-E-T-A, Meta. All right. That's a bit specific and maybe only for the elite gamers out there. Uh, but there are also other uses of the word meta too. They're very specific and they relate to things like different mathematical and scientific systems. But I think that's probably enough about the word or prefix meta at this stage. Let's now go back to the metaverse again and consider how immersive 3D online worlds can help us to learn and teach English. That's the main aim for this conversation, with a bit of Mandalorian Star Wars chat tacked on at the end. You're probably fully primed now for some Metaverse and Mandalorian chat, aren't you? They're like, come on, bring it on, let's get in the Metaverse, come on, Luke. Uh, You're probably totally ready for it, but of course there is about 10 minutes of general chat and catching up with Andy before we get into the topic properly. That's just the way things are done on Luke's English Podcast, okay? This is the way. Okay, so now that you're prepared for the episode, let's get started. And here we go, right now. Hello, Andy. How are you today? I'm good, Luke. How are you? Very well, thanks. Nice to nice to actually have you on video for a change. It's um, rather than just audio. I know it's scary. Uh, another video call. <laughs> How many video calls have you done in the last? Oh my gosh. Two years. So many. I'm so um, I'm so over it. Um, you know. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but when you're on a video call, where do you look? Where do you look? Because it's so difficult mm. not to look at yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, t- I try and look at the person who's speaking, but when I'm the one that's speaking, where do I look? Do, you know, do I look at you? Do I look at myself? Do I look at the camera? It all gets a bit weird. It is uh, weird, isn't it? And, <laughs> and when you're I- recording, when you're recording like a video episode like this, 
also I'm thinking about where do I look because obviously I'm I'm looking yeah. at you right now, but for the video viewers, I'm looking over here, and you know I should probably be looking here. Should be looking at the camera, yeah. Right, and then sometimes when I'm doing video, I have some notes on the screen. So I'm talking to the to the audience, but I also have to read the notes. So it's kind of like, ah, where am I looking? Yeah, it yeah. gets a bit confusing. I just I did a whole thing. I wrote a whole blog post about this, about how you should be able to switch your camera off, and there should be no pressure to have your camera on 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 calls. I mean, I appreciate for this that it makes sense because if you had your camera on and I had my camera off, that would just look really weird. But um, I mean, I had a call like. Um, back in the summer and we were talking about quite high level stuff at work and it was in the morning and it was I think we were homeschooling at the time and my kids hadn't got dressed yet and I heard one of them coming upstairs and I knew that he would arrive in this room <laughs> naked because that's that's his thing you know he's three years old or three years old at the time and so you know he just spends half his time without any clothes on so I, I just switched my camera off because I didn't you know it's just not appropriate for my colleagues to see my son yeah. wandering around in the buff and um you know and after a couple of minutes like one of the people's like oh can you put your camera on we need to see you because what we're discussing is is really important and i was like no I, I can't i can't do that and it just um i remember it annoyed me quite a lot you know why why do you have to have the camera on for you to understand that i'm listening and engaged and all those kinds of things i just thought it's unnecessary. So, yeah, I'm leading the charge. I think we should be able to switch our cameras off if we like, if we're going to be and working virtually like this. You didn't want to have to say, well, I would put my camera on. I'm fine with that. But my three-year-old has just come in and he's naked. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And because it, 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 it's, that, it's that thing, isn't it? When you're working from home, you're still doing the same job and you're still being as professional as you were before. And if you're in a board meeting or if you're in a meeting at work, you wouldn't say, oh, let me show you a picture of my son running around in, without his clothes on. You, you wouldn't even bring up your kids. So it's about it's whether you need to say stuff. It's whether you need to explain why you're switching your camera off or whether you should just be able to choose as and when you flip out or come back on again. So, um, yeah, I mean, in the end, I said, look, it's just not a good time because my son's in the room. But it just... I just felt this is unnecessary. This shouldn't be an expectation. I don't think that you are always visible in meetings. Yeah, it's complicated, isn't it? It is complicated because you don't want to also have to explain because in a business meeting, time is very important. And, you you know, you, you've got to be very uh, kind of careful with the amount of time you spend talking about other things. Mm. So you don't want to have to go, I'm not putting my camera on because of X, Y and Z. And uh, it's just fraught with all sorts of complications. Yeah. 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 Uh, but anyway, uh, welcome back onto uh, the podcast. Andy. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been ages. Do you know how long it's been? Do you, do you know the last time you were on this podcast? Now, uh, <sighs> listeners, sort of f more recent listeners to the podcast or video viewers might not have heard the episodes with you, but uh, mm. uh, you have been in quite a few. But yeah, the last mm. time, do you remember when that was? The last time was, I'm trying to remember when it was, I think it was over two years ago now. And I was... Because I remember it was a really sunny day and I was in my office at work and um, we were talking about the recent changes 
that had happened in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And thinking back, it, if it was the summer and I was in my office, it must have been sort of June, July 2019, something like that. Yeah, it was actually May 2019. Okay, so you even go, longer than I thought. Yeah, but this is pre-COVID times. Yeah. Uh, that's the last time. And then and then COVID happened and stuff like that. Um, I mean, uh, just, just to help those people who haven't heard those old episodes, uh, how do we know each other, Andy? We don't. We, I don't know who you Total are. Total strangers. Total <laughs> strangers. No, we've known each other for years. Um, you and I used to work together at the London School of English. Um, and I started there in two, 2007, I think, 2008. And you were already a teacher there. And we were teachers for a while. And then I became like the director of studies. Did you become I became, my boss? I became your boss. <laughs> yeah, I became your boss. And we, I remember we did like a whole, we went to Paris, didn't we? We did a presentation there at a conference. And that was like the first time that I'd sort of spent a lot of time with you outside of work. And our girlfriends at the time came, well, my girlfriend came to Paris with me. Your girlfriend was living in Paris. So they hung out and ate a lot of cheese and drank a lot of wine. I think they enjoyed the weekend more than we did. Um, but yeah, you came you came to my wedding. Um, yeah, so we've known each other a long time. So even after you left London School, and I've, I've now left London School as well, but we stayed in touch and particularly through the podcast talked about a lot of things. We've done other bits of training together. We did a webinar together back yeah. end of, I think that was 2013, something like that, end of 2013. I'm trying to remember what the webinar was about now. Oh, something amazing, something incredible. <laughs> it was all, I think it was using tech in teaching, something like that. Um, right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, long sort of history. Okay. And uh, also, whenever you're on the podcast, um, we, we uh, always end up talking about things that begin with an M. So M words, <laughs> M words. words that begin with an M. Yeah. Just by coincidence. Yeah, that's right. What, what I can think of four. Do you four. know what they are? Um, well, I think the first time we spoke, I was talking, I was doing a lot of stuff about millennials, which just, it dates what I was talking about and it dates me, but millennials and how millennials are entering the workplace and how we need to adjust our courses in order to cater for their needs and all that kind of stuff. So I, I did a lot of research on millennials and I think actually your listeners helped me with some of that research. Cause I did, um, I sent out a, a survey monkey thing. Um, and so that was, that would have been the first one. And didn't, didn't we, another time we went to Paris as well, we did. I did another conference in Paris. I think you were living there then. I went with Ben Butler, who's another colleague of ours, and we did a. We did a. We did. A, we recorded a podcast in the lobby of a hotel or something. Yeah, it was. It was quite late. It was after you'd done your That's talk right. uh, at uh, at this conference, and yeah, we we sat in the lobby of the hotel and recorded the podcast. Recorded the podcast there while sort of people sort of came and went and probably wondered what we were doing. Yeah, yeah that was that was great. That was great fun with with Ben Butler. Exactly. That was just that was just a funny trip because I know I'm getting sidetracked, but it just reminded me that do you remember when we went to the hotel and we checked in and there was no one on the front desk, and then we heard this voice, this French guy saying, "I'm stuck in the lift." Oh like, yeah. <laughs> and so he said, "What's your name?" And so we told him, and he goes, "Go go behind the counter and look in the book 
and it'll tell you what room you're in. And then the keys are here. So there's just this voice coming from the lift. And thank God you were there because you, you were able to speak French to him better than we could. But it was the it was the weirdest checking process. And it was like, what how do we do? weird! You checked yourself in yeah. while the, the guy on the front desk was stuck in the lift. Did he get? Did he manage to get out of the lift? I don't remember. Did we were we podcasting while he was just, sit, just sitting in on lift? the doors? No, no, we, no. We came out because we, we we went round. We got the keys and we went in. We checked everything. We dumped everything. We got changed and we had to go out to um, an evening reception. And I think by the time we'd come down, he was there. And he was very sheepish and kind of apologetic, but it was, it was just very, very funny. So, yeah. So, anyway, back to your point. The first one was millennials. That was the first time we spoke. Oh, and then I remember the next time, didn't we do a couple of things about marathon running? Yes. And the, my reasons, my motivation for running marathons. That was, yes. um, yeah, that was a, that was a really interesting, that was a really good chat, actually. I really enjoyed that, that episode. Yeah. But I can't remember what else we talked about. That so began got- with an M. Millennials, marathons, um, moving, uh, which is maybe the last thing because you moved from London to Canterbury, and we talked right, about yeah. sort of differences between London and Canterbury. And then the fourth one is is Moby. <laughs> yeah, Moby. <laughs> the fact that you are, for some re- well, people often mistake you for Mo- Moby, including a guy in an airport. Oh, that was the worst. Yeah, well, that that was yeah. Well, it, it it hasn't happened very often recently. I think largely because. I just haven't really been out very much over the last 18 months. <laughs> I haven't done much traveling, but uh, it used to happen a lot. I mean, it, like regu- like that time in France that I was telling you about when we did the conference together, I remember we went to a, a restaurant or a bar or something. And as we were leaving, all these French guys looked at me and started singing a Moby song with these <laughs> lovely French accents. But the time, the time you're talking about was in a, was in an airport and this guy came running over to me and he's like, he goes, I'm your biggest fan. He's an American guy. He goes, Moby, I'm your biggest fan. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> and I was looking at him. I said, I'm not Moby. And he, and he looked really confused and he went, I know you're just saying that, but I want you to know that I'm your biggest fan. And I was with my boss at the time and another colleague and they were just sort of standing there looking at me going, this is hilarious. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything. They were like my manager or my bodyguard or something. They were just pretending to go along with the whole thing. But um, yeah. Yeah. He was so convinced that you were Moby that he managed to like turn these people into your bodyguards and your like tour manager. My entourage. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. But okay. All right. Well now, you know, at least uh, listeners can, can see for themselves, uh, you know, if, if the myth is actually true, if you really do look like Moby (laughs) at all. Um, But anyway, this time um, I thought that we would, uh, well, we thought that we would talk about another M word or in fact, a few, potentially a few other M words, but the main one is sort of related to your work and something that you've been uh, talking about and working on recently, and that is the metaverse. metaverse, Teaching English and learning English through the metaverse, which is a fascinating thing, and I haven't talked about about it on the podcast uh, before. So, well, what is the metaverse, and how can can people use it for learning English? Over to you. Well, it's a big question. Well, let me me perhaps tell you a story about how I became involved in the metaverse. Um, So uh, as we've just said, you and I met at the London School of English and I was there for 14 years and left in the summer. And um, I 
was introduced to a company called Fluent Worlds and really, really interesting and amazing stuff that they're doing. But basically, they teach languages in virtual, immersive 3D worlds. So I was just blown away when I first saw the tech and I was having a meeting with the the founders of the business and they were showing me around all these environments. And I thought, this is just incredible. The applications here for learning are amazing because once you're in, you know, one of the things about learning a language, the reason why the English language industry um, has sort of grown along these lines of going over to countries and immersing yourself, language learning, not just English learning, but immersing yourself in the culture and the environments is because it's the most effective way to learn. And I think online courses really struggle to replicate that kind of level because they're quite 2D, they're quite flat, they're quite repetitive and dry. And for the first time with Fluent Worlds, I was seeing something that was so realistic and so immersive that I thought, yeah, you can. I can see how you can have students in these environments interacting with other people and interacting with the environments and the objects within it, and it's just really going to drive their learning. So I started work there about six weeks ago. We're recording this, what is it today, the 1st of December, and I started working there sort of end of October. And about a week after I started, Mark Zuckerberg made this announcement to the world that he was changing the name of Facebook to Meta. And this suddenly this expression metaverse, which I hadn't heard of before, was suddenly in everyone's consciousness and on everyone's lips. And essentially what the metaverse is, is exactly what Fluent Worlds is doing already. It's this idea that you exist in a virtual world. You have a little avatar that you can walk around and you can meet other people and you can interact. Um, and Zuckerberg's kind of vision for this is all encompassing. It's going to change how we do meetings. So instead of being in a meeting like this, where we're looking at each other, we might have our own little avatars and we can go and work collaboratively <laughs> on projects. Um, and he's also talking a lot about how it can be used for commerce, for gaming. And gaming's a good point because a lot of these virtual environments have existed in gaming for a long time. I mean, you and I both used to lot, play a lot of Grand Theft Auto mm -hmm. when we were younger. Mm -hmm. And the first time I was using Fluent Worlds, it reminded me of Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I didn't go and pick up a baseball bat or commit any crimes or anything like that. But it's a very similar kind of sandbox feel that you're walking around and you can go in all sorts of different areas and explore different areas. But it's being used in that positive sense in order to teach and learn languages. So it's it's called the metaverse, right? Yeah, it's called the metaverse. Yeah, but, uh, but is there only one? I mean, um, so something like Fluent Worlds, do, is it, do they just provide you with a way to get into the metaverse, or are there many different sort of metaverses in a sense that, like, like the way you've got, you know, if you compare it to social media, you've got Facebook and you've got Twitter and you've got you know Instagram and so on, um, and they these are not the same world, although you can kind of share things between them. So so is there one single metaverse or are there a number of different metaverses? Well, the term metaverse comes from a novel from 1994 called Snow Crash, um, which was written by Neil Stevenson. I've not read the book, but it's a science fiction writer. And it, it, the idea is that there is one metaverse that we can go and explore together. And the, the 
the character in that book is called Hero Protagonist, which <laughs> is quite a cool very name meta. for a character. Very, very meta. Um, but I think the reality is that at least initially there's going to be several metaverses. And the idea of a metaverse is a place where you can go and virtually interact with people. Now, ultimately, we may find that these metaverse converge. It's all becoming quite scientific already, but they might converge into one kind of shared collaborative space. And like the internet, for example, you've got to think about mm -hmm. it. Think of it like the internet. There is, you've got a number of different browsers, but ultimately it's all shared information. And I think the metaverse is a way of reinventing the internet. So everybody's going to have their own way into the metaverse. But for example, you might, um, go into one version of the metaverse and you might go to this part of it to learn languages or you might go to this part of it to do some shopping or you might you know you go to this part to do some gaming for example that's certainly how mark zuckerberg is envisioning envisaging it now the metaverse that fluent worlds has is their own proprietary environments and they've got about 50 different environments that you can explore together with other students with teachers and um yeah, it's just really exciting because when I got the job and people were asking me about my new job, this was my explanation. So I say, okay, so what I do is I'm working for a company that offers English language training and language training in virtual immersive 3D worlds. That's a long sentence. And then after, after the metaverse announcement, people say, what do you do? I said, well, we do language training in the metaverse. And people get it. They're like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, that's cool. I understand that now, yeah. So for us, it's been a really interesting time these last few weeks because interest in what we do has really spiked. And um, that sort of proposition is much clearer in people's heads. And what's I think it's a great validation for the founders of the business. So... Um, one of the founders is, is Dr. Linda Bradford, and she did a PhD into immersive learning. This is about 10 years ago. And um, she found that the efficacy of learners in virtual environments was actually even more effective than it is in the classroom. Because instead of sitting and studying and looking at a teacher, they're actually moving around and they're doing and they're interacting with each other. So it was suddenly very, very kind of eye opening in a sense. And she envisaged that there was a future for this kind of teaching. There was a future for this kind of learning in the metaverse. And that was 10 years ago. And Fluent Worlds have been quite successful with their language apps. So they've got these two amazing apps. The first one is called Fluent Worlds. And it's a little bit like a, it's like a game. So you go in, you have your little character, and you start in Central Park as a beginner of English. And you walk around and you speak to characters. And they'll ask you questions. And you have to choose the best response. and Initially, it was just choosing the best response from four separate answers. But then they developed speech recognition software with the founder of the Amazon Echo. And so you can actually say your response. So there, it's then it starts analyzing your accent as well and gives you feedback on that. So mm. it's straight away, it's something that is really very, very cool and very, very different to what's out there at the moment. On the back of that, they generated a second or developed a second app, which is called Perfect Accent. And... When you start with perfect accent, it maps your voice. So you say a few example sentences and it maps your voice. And then you can choose various different 
English areas to practice, such as business English, traveling, medical English, all those kinds of things. There's about, I think there's about 44 different categories. And it's all to do with improving your pronunciation. So the two apps together are great sort of self-study tools. And then this year, they're launching something called Fluent Wells Academy, which is my role to be the director of that and to grow that side of the business. And this is the the live teaching side. So, um, yeah, it's a very, very interesting and exciting area. And I've sort of happened to land right in the middle of it. So when someone uses this particular multiverse, so we'll, we'll use Fluent Worlds as an example, mm. uh, when they, they, they sort of, yeah, as you said, a bit like a computer game, I guess you create your avatar and make yeah. it look like you. Yeah. And then when you're playing the game, what perspective is it? Is it first person perspective or is it like, is that third person? I mean, uh, what do you see? Do you see your character in front of you a bit like in Grand Theft Auto or I, yeah. or are you, is it first person where you are literally looking through the eyes of the character? So there's, there's two different, <coughs> excuse me, there's two different versions. The desktop version is a bit like Grand Theft Auto in the sense that you're just behind the character, but you can change that. Mm-hmm. So you can be over the shoulder, you can be third person, or you can be first person. We've also optimized it for VR as well. So there you'll just be seeing this. If you were wearing your, your headset, you would be looking straight out and seeing everything that's there. Um, and in terms of what you look like, yes, you can choose what you look like. You can choose your character. You can customize it. You have there's a lot of options, or you can just click a dice thing and it will create an, a, a random person yeah. for you and you can go in as that character um there's also this very very cool thing coming where once you set up you can look at your webcam and it will take a an image of you and i think in about 25 seconds it creates a 3d avatar hmm. that looks like in my case moby but it will look like it look like you so you can actually Luke, go in as Luke yourself Luca <laughs> Luca Modric. mine would look like luca Modric or i don't know who else Probably that'll do, Luca. Do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I was going to say Andy Peters, but I don't. Not Andy Peters, Andy Crane. I don't think anyone's going to know who Andy Crane is. But if you have any British listeners, they might was, understand who he is. He, he was just for those who don't know, he was a TV presenter uh, on kids TV when we were growing up, and mm. uh, Andy Crane used to present his show from uh, the broom cupboard. Is what they called it. It was like a tiny little studio. Yeah. And he called it the broom cupboard and he had a little puppet that would talk to him as well. Ed the duck, wasn't it? Ed the duck, um, yeah. 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 So yeah, it is a bit like a broom cupboard, the the place where I do this. Um okay. <clears throat> All right. So cool. So I get the idea that it's kind of like um the 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 fact that it's some it's somehow more adaptable in the sense that you know traditional language classrooms as you said you end up sitting at a desk a lot of the time if you're a student you end up sitting at a desk a lot of the time it's quite a traditional structure quite limited in the sense that often although you know in classrooms these days we try to break this this structure yeah. of just sitting at a desk and the teacher stands up and it's all very teacher oriented it is possible to break that and make it more learner centered, but that's quite difficult. But by intrinsically the metaverse is much more open. Um, Mm. and I suppose that's that you would imagine replicates the real world much more closely than the, than a classroom. I'm just wondering, I'm wondering what the limitations might be for it. I mean, and, and also another thing I'm thinking about is like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the the uh, the Animatrix. 
Did you ever no. see that? It's it's a a, a, a series of animations uh, based on the Matrix universe, okay. universe of the Matrix, and the Animatrix absolutely terrified me when when I saw it. <laughs> I was in my twenties, but it still terrified me because it one of the episodes shows you how <laughs> the Matrix was created. And right. sort of what happened. I mean, I'm not like a technophobe or a Luddite or anything like that, but um, <clears throat> I'm sure that, you know, some people find it a little frightening, the mm. idea that that there is this sort of uh, a virtual world and that we are more and more being brought, sucked into it or brought into it. And yeah. uh, what do you reckon? I mean, like, do, do you think that people are fearful about the idea of a virtual world which is potentially controlled by you know people that there's a i don't know this is there something scary about it or is that just paranoia? I, I i think that you know there's always a natural reaction to anything like this that comes along and people i mean i remember our former boss um at london school said to you and i i think at the same time don't know why but he said i don't want to go on facebook i've got real friends who i see and i go to the pub with them Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, fine. You know, it's fine. It's not, there is no compulsion to go to do any of this sort of thing. What I would say though about the metaverse and what I would say about Fluent Worlds in particular is I would say that over the last 18 months to two years, I mean, everything has changed. Everything has changed. And almost every single one of your listeners will have experienced great change in their lives and particularly around how we work and how we communicate. You know, we're spending so much more time on our screens and you can look at Fluent Worlds as another communication tool, but Mm -hmm. a very, very cool one, a very, very different one. So for example, when you're in these environments, you can also switch your webcam on so you can still see each other. If you like, we don't expect our students to do that. There's no, demand for them to do that because it gets back to my point before about how sometimes in these meetings you don't want to have your camera on you want to be present you want to show that you're present and you can show that you're present by moving your character around and interacting but you don't necessarily want people to see you you know for example you might have kids running around like i did or you might just be having a bad hair day not that i would know about that but you know (laughs) you take my point Uh, and so but you can switch your camera on you can share your screen you can do all of these different things that you would normally do on video conferencing tools i think the difference between Teams, for example, and Zoom, though Teams is an interesting point because they're also developing Mesh, which is their version of the metaverse. So if you have a look at it afterwards, you can Google it and they're creating avatars for everybody as well. And I think it just gives people another way of working and it gives people a sort of more options in terms of how they wish to virtually communicate. Because even though we are seeing each other, we are still virtually communicating But it's not seen as weird now, is it? It's not seen as weird to have a Skype call or a Zoom call or a Teams call, but Mm. it's still virtual communication. What we do is we add, what the metaverse does is it adds another layer to that. And it it allows you that little bit of freedom to choose how you look and choose how you interact. And I think particularly for language learning, that's really empowering. Because do you remember when we were teachers at London School, you'd always get certain students that were so loud and they would always dominate the class. And then mm-hmm. you'd have other students that were really shy and reticent and they would very, you'd be, they'd be very nervous about speaking English. And I remember once there was a, a student who 
a Japanese guy who was very, very quiet and very, very reticent and in my class. And then out of the class, I saw him speaking with two other Japanese people. And the other two were just in hysterics. They were laughing at everything he said, you know, and I realized, oh, wow, this guy's got something about him. He's got this sort of, he's a real character. He's a real funny guy, but for some reason he shuts down when he moves into English. And what we saw when we had to move a lot of our courses online at the London school last year was how a lot of these Shire students really blossomed in virtual environments because mm. there's, there's that, there's that sort of that fourth wall, if you like, between us now and between, you know, the, um, the students and those students that would dominate and were louder, they found it actually they respected more the turn-taking element of being in a virtual classroom. Now, being in the metaverse gives you another layer because you can either you can create you can create your own avatar that looks like you if you want, or you don't have to. If you want to have green hair and you know wear a dress, that's absolutely fine. You can do all of those things because it's all about self-expression. And I think what the metaverse does is it puts a lot of creativity back in the hands of the learner. They can have so much more control about how they appear, how they interact, and so on. Do you reckon the skills that you learn, learning English in the metaverse, can be applied to the real world? Absolutely, Is there, yeah. You reckon? Yeah, well, to, give, to give you an example, I was doing a thing last week where I was walking somebody through our virtual airport, and we were talking about, you know, if you were going to do a lesson on business travel, for example, or travel in general, Mm-hmm. Let's talk about all the different ways we could use this environment. So we walked over to the self-check-in desks and then we were saying, okay, so what what kind of things do you need at this stage? Okay, you need your passport, you need your baggage, and okay, and what's that what's that thing behind the self-check-in desk? It's the it's the, the baggage, it's the conveyor belt, you know, yeah. all of those things. So you can elicit this vocabulary and you're seeing it and you're doing it. And then we walked up the stairs and I was like, so what would you normally do now when you're at the airport if you have time? And, oh, we'll go for a coffee. So we walked across to the coffee shop and we sat down and we we talked about coffee for a little while. Then we went through into the thing and there was there was things like currency exchange. There was um, we looked up at the signs on the on the on the ceiling. So, you know, in airports, because you're dealing with international travelers, you have fixed kind of signs. So there's like a, a picture of a guy in a hat pointing and he's like that means the security control and there's a picture of money and that's currency exchange so it's eliciting all of this kind of language from the learner and then saying well you know this is this is what it is in english etc etc and and then it carries on then you go through the the scanners so i was saying to the teacher you could teach prepositions here so do you go over the scanner do you go under the scanner do you go through the scanner what does your bag do you know all those kinds of things and how do you feel at this stage and you elicit stories and you elicit experiences and so all of this stuff means that when the student next finds himself in that situation they're much better equipped because they've seen it and they've done it. So instead of seeing a bunch of words on a piece of paper and trying to remember them, you're actually seeing that vocabulary in action. You've, you're actually feeling it and you're using it as you go. And that's incredibly powerful. And another thing that Mark Zuckerberg said about the metaverse, he said education won't look like won't look anything like education currently looks in the metaverse. And I think that was one of the most salient points he made in his whole presentation. And the lessons that we're running 
in fluent worlds don't look anything like the lessons that you and I would have taught at the London School or we would have taught online. And I think it, it's the best way to describe it is you're taking students with you on a journey. You're taking them with you through these environments. And there's so many learning points and rich kind of content that you bring out. And for the teacher, it's it's about having a lesson plan, of course, but it's more about understanding where everything is in the environment and then taking students to all those different points and having them you know, creating discussions and creating learning moments around each of those points. It's very, very cool. And I suppose I'm excited are, about it. Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds really great. And I, I suppose there are moments when, um, when if it's necessary, <clears throat> you can sort of go to a more traditional classroom environment where yeah. you can, if you want, you can have a whiteboard. If you want to, like, do language feedback or if you want to, you know, detail some grammar points or something like that, there the possibilities are really yeah. open that you can just, essentially start putting words on the screen in front of them exactly. yeah. and yeah. showing them different you've got things. different tools yeah you've got you've got a chat box so you can put vocabulary in there in each of the environments we have these big screens so for example you'll be walking down the strip in las vegas and there's a huge big billboard and that's yeah. one of our one of our share screens so you can put video content there you can use it as a whiteboard you can put slides you can put anything on there and mm-hmm. then the really cool thing that the student, that the teacher has, he's got two really cool things. The first one is you can recall students from wherever they are. So if they've run off to the other side of Las Vegas and you don't know where they are, you could just click a button and everyone flies in towards you and then you're all assembled around the screen so you can bring people back and focus them. You can assemble everyone with a button. Just like, exactly. Avengers assemble. assemble. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the other really cool thing and I've never seen this on any other product, but there's something called proximity voice. And, you know, one day, Luke, I'll invite you into the metaverse and you and I can do a podcast from there. Yeah. Um, but what you can do is you've got global voice. So everybody in your class, say you've got 10 students in your class can hear you. If you put proximity voice or nearby voice on, it creates like a little bubble, if you like, around you. And everyone within that bubble can, can hear you. But if you walk out of that bubble, you get quieter and quieter and quieter. Okay, that's yeah, my yeah. miming for you. So that's really clever because if you think about if you ever if you ever had a lesson in Zoom or Teams, you've got to use breakout rooms. In fluent worlds, you can say to students, so let's say you're in Las Vegas, you say, Okay, I want you two to go over there and stand by the fountains of the Bellagio. I want you guys to come over here and stand outside this cafe here. And the, in each group they'll be able to hear each other, but they won't be able to hear everyone else. So it's a really clever way of doing group work in a virtual environment mm-hmm. or pair mm-hmm. work rather. Yeah. It's like just mapping everything into a physical space. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Uh, where do you think it's going to go in the future? What do you think is going to happen in, in five, 10 years or more? Good question. I think it's going to revolutionize the way we teach. I really think that the traditional methods of online teaching and the traditional, particularly the asynchronous courses, you know, those self-study ones where you're doing endless flashcards and learning words and repeating and filling in sentences, all those kinds of things. I think the days for those kinds of courses are numbered because I think that what we have here is a great tool to bring people together in a sort of, as a very realistic environment 
So we can have students from all over the world who, for whatever reason, cannot travel. And you know what? This was happening before the pandemic anyway. You know, we were seeing a rise, an increase in virtual learning anyway. I mean, this the pandemic just sped that thing up in terms of how we teach and how we learn. I think there's always going to be face-to-face teaching, but this is going to be the next best thing. And in many ways, it's going to be even more effective because of all of those reasons I've just outlined, the fact that it puts you in environments that you can genuinely practice you know we've got we've got a hotel lobby for example to teach hospitality english we've got a doctor's office to teach medical english you know we've got all of these cool environments and we can create environments for people as well so we just recently agreed a deal with a a big school in egypt and they wanted um, us to build a couple of environments for their young learners so we built like a farmyard And it's brilliant. You go in and the stables with horses and cows and there's a barking dog and so on. And you you can walk around and then you can click on something and it will tell you what it is. It'll give you the word. And it's got all all of the being a farm. We've got all these crops planted as well. So you can click on it and it will say tomato and then it will give you more information and it will teach you how to pronounce it and so on. So it's just this amazing um, matrix style learning environment that we can kind of get lost in and there's a couple of other things because it's also gamified everything i think gamifying things makes it much more um engaging as well so in our environments there are things that you can do that you wouldn't normally be able to do in the real world for example you can fly so (laughs) if you need to get from one part to another quite quickly you can go up into the air, you can fly around, you can go and find people. And even like when you're doing pair work, you can say, right, you two, I want you to fly up there and then you'll hear each other, but we won't be able to hear you down here on the ground. So things like that, it just makes it really creative, really, really fun. It's and, amazing. Um, yeah. It, it does. It just sort of, you know, makes me wonder how it will change the world and how it's going to change human experience and what our everyday life will be like when mm-hmm. you have this kind of thing going on to you know at a large level i mean we're already quite deeply uh connected uh to the online world in the sense Mm. that we spend a lot of our time you know you just see a lot of the people on their phones looking at things they're in facebook they're on twitter or wherever it is on whatever social network they're looking at um and just like you know just to project that to the point where when uh, the metaverse or online worlds have become a lot more sophisticated. It's not, I mean, I wonder what, what it's going to look like in the real world, which is kind of why I refer to the matrix, because obviously that is a, <clears throat> a very fearful version of basically yeah. the end ultimate point being that just people are in pods, uh, directly connected uh, yeah. to the central nervous system and they don't realize it either. They've kind of like the, the separation has, has has gone like people don't realize it and there's the sense that someone else is in control and Mm. um people are being exploited in the most sort of um you know uh uh, deep way um that i just wonder what i just wonder how it's going to look what's how's this going to change a person's everyday life i don't know if that's a question that you can answer Uh, well it's it'll change people's everyday life in the same way the internet did I think, you know, the internet has changed people's lives in a whole bunch of ways. And what the metaverse does is it, I think it just increases connectivity in another way, in a sort of a more 
human way in many respects because the whole thing you know we, we've done a lot of work you and i have done a lot of work around not just language training but communication training mm -hmm. and the fact that you've got those visual clues when you speak to somebody um and i think that learning in the metaverse is going to do that as well you're going to be able to read body language you're going to be able to pick up on the visual clues of the other avatars in there mm. Oh, now, yeah. what, one of the things that Mark Zuckerberg kept saying in his presentation is a lot of this hasn't been built yet. A lot of this doesn't exist yet. And he was quite open in saying, you know, we don't really know exactly what it's going to look like. But, you know, the more you read about it, it's I don't think it's something that's a fad. I don't think it's something that's going to go away. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the power of it is immense. So getting back to when fluent worlds was first built so dr linda bradford did a research project and they built a very sort of very early version of these virtual environments and they took students through a semester they were art students and um at the end of this experiment they assessed them and all of them or most of them made improvements and there were some outliers there were some that there were some that didn't improve as much or they were much lower than expected but there were some that were much higher than expected and so she followed up with all of these outliers and there was one guy in particular a guy in Scotland and she said you know congratulations you've completed this program and you did exceptionally well i just want to understand what your is there anything different about your circumstances to anyone else and he said well you know throughout the whole semester i have been in a hospital bed recovering from an operation and what i loved about learning in the metaverse and learning in your virtual worlds was that none of my peers none of the other students knew any of that about me they just saw a character moving around and walking around and interacting and so that sort of transformational power is really really impressive you know the fact that it's a leveler in many respects and that's what virtual communication if it's done properly can do for you yeah it can make it a level playing field like you said exactly. the, the japanese guy i mean or it doesn't have to be japanese it could be anyone who's sort of like socially uh, less comfortable in a in an actual room where you've got people whose voices are louder or more physically dominant or whatever it is that that it can sort of level that playing field somehow yeah, uh, I just uh, um, the the thought occurs to me like who's in charge though? Who's in charge of the metaverse? <laughs> you know, again, I can't get my head out of uh, you know science fiction films I've seen, but yeah. you know that's just one one part of the, the the whole picture. But it's I think it's just it's going to be balance, isn't it? It's like anything, you know. We, I'm going to finish this call with you. I'm going to go outside and go running. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's a bit cold, but it is about balancing your screen time and yeah. your family time and your your real lifetime but ultimately how we work and how we live is going to be much more virtual um i don't know i mean i haven't been into the office for my new employer because they're an american company so i don't know when i'll actually go and visit them um but i hadn't been into the offices of london school i think i went once in the in the last 10 months that i was there and it didn't impact on how I do my job. I'm still able to do mm. what I do and I'm still able to be effective in what I do. And of course, you know, there are times where you miss that collaborative side of things of being with people, but, but you, know, you don't have to wear trousers. So, you know, I, 
Yeah, but I am wearing trousers. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's I am too. I am too, listeners. But if I, you know, I could have not if I want if I'd wanted to. I mean, I'm wearing comfortable trousers. Let's be clear. I'm wearing you know tracky dacks, but you know it's they're, they're still tracky dacks, <laughs> tracky bees, tracky bees. Yeah, tracky dacks, tracksuit bottoms. Viewers, mm. listeners. <laughs> okay very very interesting stuff and i i love the offer of uh recording a podcast in the uh matrix i mean metaverse uh, <laughs> in time that would be really cool it would be a really interesting thing i guess it's possible to like record the video for that as well so we could do yes a whole... yes well we you know we've been talking at work about creating uh, a podcast or a metacast and um, we're looking at doing sort of 30-minute episodes where you will be in the environment as your avatar, mm-hmm. and it will be like this, but we'll be doing it virtually. We can have our webcams on as well, but we're just thinking, we're just figuring out how you then film within each environment. So we're going to build a virtual podcast studio. So, yeah, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds great. Or maybe we can do it. We can do a collab. Um, but, you know, the the other thing um i was going to say about this uh is please do have a look at fluentworlds.com or google fluent worlds academy because we're going to be running a holiday promotion so i think you know your listeners if you're interested in this and you're interested in learning a little bit more about what the metaverse is and how it can help you with your language learning please do come along and visit us so are we okay to share the links at the end of the, of yeah, the podcast? Yeah, we'll, we'll put the links in the. I'll put the links in the description. Yeah, awesome. Okay, great. Interesting stuff, Andy. Now, um, have you got any more time for maybe a one or two other M words? M words. Yeah, I have a bone to pick with you, Luke. Yeah, go on. So this whole M word thing is purely coincidental. You know, mm-hmm. it's we. I don't think I don't wait two years for an M word to come along and then get in touch with you. It just happens to be that the things that you and I, I want to talk to you about, always begin with an M. And there was another one, and because we spoke, oh, was it earlier in the year or even the end of last year? And yeah. I said, look, are you are you watching the Mandalorian? And you were like, yeah, it's great, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I said, why don't we do? Why do we? Why do you do a podcast about it? And you said, oh, no, I've already got some other friends I'm going to do a podcast about The Mandalorian with. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I thought, okay, oh, great. I look forward to listening to that when it comes out, but it never did. Yeah. So let's and, talk about The Mandalorian. Yeah, just to explain, just that like, a few people got in touch with me, like listeners said, hey, when are you going to do an episode about The Mandalorian? Because, you know, people know that I'm a sort of a Star Wars fan, although these days, nah. but um <laughs> Uh, and, and then, yeah, one of my friends got in touch and said, Hey, you're going to do something about the Mandalorian. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely would like to do that. And then I just didn't, you know, and then the sort of the, the moment passed, you know, like some things are just in, uh, uh, some things are just sort of in the zeitgeist and, you know, you want to talk about them. For example, at the moment, I'm just really want to talk about the, the new Beatles documentary and just like really inspired to talk about that. But then you know, in terms of just the time that I have to record and prepare episodes and do them, sometimes the just the window of, of availability is not there. And then, 
you know, and then the next thing comes along. Like the, the, I sometimes compare doing this podcast. It's a bit like a train. It's just constantly yeah, moving yeah. forwards and it's hard to sort of like, you know, stop it and do maintenance on it or stop at certain places. It's just constantly moving forward. So yeah, that's why. But, but I think. I think it's good to talk about The Mandalorian now for two reasons. One reason is that uh, uh, it, the book of Boba Fett is coming out, which is the next sort of Star Wars TV series. Mm. And that is, I think, going to be a sort of a continuation or maybe a spin-off from, from The Mandalorian. So it is going to be back on you know people's minds again. Mm. And secondly, the other thing is that we can probably do spoilers now. Because yeah. it's been quite a long time since series two uh, was released, was streamed. Um, and so I think it's safe to talk about spoilers. But can you remember? Can you remember all the, the things that you wanted to say about it? You know, you're right. The spoiler, because there's one huge spoiler at the end of season two. And even now, I'm not sure I feel comfortable talking too much about that. There was a very exciting appearance from a character i want to talk uh, about it though. you want to talk about it <laughs> yeah let's do it come on spoiler <laughs> alert for the end of season two of the mandalorian if you don't want to know what happens at the end then you know then use then use your discretion going forwards uh, for me you know the thing that i really liked about the mandalorian was the first season it was just nice being back in that universe you know i think a bit like you i really liked the first Star Wars films, hated the prequels, was like a bit meh about the last three. But especially Rise of Skywalker, oh my god, absolute disaster. <laughs> but anyway, don't get me started on that. I, I would like to say, though, that, that my relationship with Star Wars is, as you said, I love the original trilogy. And I think you and I both are sort of the similar generation, same generation where, you know, we grew up with the toys. And so it's, it's sort of very special for us, Star mm. Wars. Then the prequels came out. A whole new generation of people love the prequels and think they're great, you know, but it's divided opinion. We're not, we don't really like it. You know, some parts of it were good, but on the whole, we weren't so keen on the prequels. And then the the new sequel trilogy came out personally i quite liked the force awakens and i was willing to give it a chance it's like okay they got some things right you know the universe mm. felt right mm. it looked right maybe the new characters you know the writing wasn't so good um really and uh jj abrams the director doesn't really know how to conclude a story he's good at setting up mysteries but not very good at answering you know, dealing with them he always likes to have a closed box, doesn't he? He was like yeah, on the Lost, there was the box. hatch. There's always a mystery box of some description. And then, but it's ultimately disappointing because yeah. he's good at building up expectations and teasing ideas, but they're not very good at delivering a proper narrative that concludes in a satisfying way. The, the, the Last Jedi, I actually loved it when I saw it in the cinema. I saw it because films are released a couple of days earlier in France than mm. the rest of the world for some reason. And so I, I went to see it in the morning, uh, the day it was released. Hadn't seen any of the reviews or comments from other people. Sat in the cinema and, and absolutely loved it. I had a fantastic time because I thought they're doing something different with the yeah. story and Luke Skywalker's in it. And I love Mark Hamill. And I, I, you know, I wasn't being all critical about it. I just enjoyed the ride and didn't yeah. know what was going to happen next. And then I saw all the online hate for it, and I couldn't understand it. I kind yeah. of understand where they're coming from now, having thought about it. Then the last Jedi, no, uh, the Rise of Skywalker is the, the the third one. I thought again when I first saw it, I thought, oh, that was amazing. But then when I actually tried to just talk about it on the podcast. 
I realized, oh, wait a minute. No, it's awful. When I really thought about it, I, I realized it was awful. And the, my summary of, the, of that is it's shiny bollocks. Um, <laughs> shiny bollocks. It's shiny. It looks fantastic. But just it's just bollocks. You know, um, it's very disappointing, the, really. The worst thing about that was the they they did the first. I, I'm like the Force Awakens. I, I kind of thought this is great. It's setting the scene. It's got new characters. It's got there's a there's a logical continuation here. I like that a lot. And then the second one, right? Was it Last Skywalker? The, Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, that was brilliant. Like you, I thought it was amazing because it was different and it was taking it in an interesting direction. But then you read all the stuff about how there was arguments and rewrites and all that kind of stuff. But then the third film kind of swept the second film under the carpet like it didn't happen. And it yeah. just tied up all the loose ends from the first film. So it was like, what was the point of that? And it was just it was just overblown. There was too much going on. It and, made no sense at and all. It's a bit like Harry Potter looking for horcruxes with having to get all these bits from all over the galaxy and <sighs> bring back palpatine not necessarily a bad idea but it just got really really stupid like really badly stupid anyway so the mandalorian came along at the right time because i was feeling a bit like oh that was a bit disappointing but then we were straight back into that kind of original universe and there was just so many little things in that first season like the whole thing with the jowers and he's in that big he's driving that big sand crawler machine you know all these little nods to the original and the fact that you know, did you say Boba Fett or Boba Fett? I you know, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Potato, potato. Uh, he, you know, he, says he potato. What, I don't know. What, he says potato. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 um, you know, he, he died supposedly in Return of the Jedi, and then you find, you know, they got his armor and stuff, and and I just like those nods to the original trilogy, and mm-hmm. it, it's made with such kind of love and care and understanding of what fans liked and even if nothing much really happens in that first season it's just like a western I, I like the fact that you know every it's like a stranger in town he goes to a new place every week and he helps somebody out and it's it's all kind of rooted in that it's like a 90s tv show you know, yeah, I mean, you yeah. know those, those 90s tv shows uh where it's just like a character yeah like a western a character who visits from goes from town to town and has little mini adventures little mini mm. stories yeah. um and in, in the first season there is that general arc of like the the child you know this little yeah. gro- grogu we know we, we learn his name is grogu and who he is and we sort of start to realize he's incredibly important and like, bad guys are trying to get him and uh you know lots of things like that and so there is a bit of a uh, an arc that begins and it's much more developed in the second season but yeah i love that idea that it's like a 90s tv show and it's sort of Mm. almost like the the aesthetic of it was like that too yeah one of the things that we like about the original star wars trilogy is the is the production design and how some of it's kind of sketchy like there are those moments in the original film where little mistakes happen like a stormtrooper yeah. whacks his head on the ceiling yeah. and stuff like that and clearly the stormtroopers can't really see through their helmets very well and they're struggling to shoot and it, you know it's like really sketchy the bits are falling off the set and uh in the mandalorian you get that feeling of everything's yeah. a bit sketchy some of the characters got these rubber masks on that sort of bend it awkwardly when they turn yeah. and even the mandalorian himself you know that the actor can't see out of the helmet yeah. properly and but those limitations and those little problems sort of make it cute and 
yeah, and and also there was a thing. I think it was in the second season where they've got two stormtroopers trying to shoot a can, and they yeah. keep missing. And it's like that joke that stormtroopers are just the <laughs> got the worst aim. And he's like, "There must be something wrong with this gun," you know. Yeah. It got a bit self-referential at that point, but that's fun. That's fun, but it, you're right in the sense that it is like a '90s TV show because you know there's. Remember, there's certain episodes where it's more or less filmed in the same location, mm-hmm. and there's the, the prison break. You know, there's one where they had to break a prisoner out of um, a facility with Bill mm-hmm. Burr. It, Bill, Bill Burr was Burr in, in that one, yeah, and yeah. he was that was that was he was interesting. Yeah. So there's and there's some of them which I was reading this thing. You know, they had the Friends reunion not so long ago. I was reading this thing about how in order to make the budget last to film a season, they had to isolate certain episodes just in one location. So the famous one is the bit where they're all getting ready to go out and Joey puts on all of Chandler's clothes, you know, that one. Um, I don't remember that one. And it's all, it's just all filmed in the apartment. Right. And there was elements of that in the Mandalorian as well. And it, it, it just means that you've got to craft more engaging stories and I, it's all about storytelling for me. Like right now, we're, I'm, we're watching Succession. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. It's, it's just, it, it, yeah, it's yeah. just incredible. It's just, you know, it's just really well written, and it's just this story arc. And that's, I think, that's what kind of catches you, and that's what brings you in. And I think with the Mandalorian, there's a story arc not just of what happens to Grogu, but also what happens to him. The whole thing about how he can't let his face be seen, and because that's this is the way, and all that kind of stuff. Some 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 bits are a bit cheesy. Like some of the dialogue is a bit cheesy. Like yeah. there's lots of people talking about, you know, he needs to be with his own kind. Everyone's mm. talking about people's, like you know, that sort of cheesy Star Wars, like a, a George Lucas dialogue that they've tried to replicate. Mm. And at times it's a bit, you know, a bit cringeworthy. But ultimately, yeah, I I, I enjoyed the show. I thought the second series was better, yeah. and there were some really exciting moments in that. And Plus, you know, all this kind of fan service for the people who've seen the the cartoons and stuff, which I haven't seen. So I don't know about those other Mandalorian characters, really, and the the Darksaber and stuff. Uh, That doesn't really mean a lot to me. It's part of the mythology, apparently. Yeah, I read something about that as well. There was one character, I can't remember what her name was, but there was one of the Jedis that was in one of the episodes, and fans were very excited that she was in there. Ashoka Tano or something, that she's in... She's in a uh, one of the Star Wars cartoons, and she's yeah. sort of like trains with Anakin Skywalker and stuff. And there's a, apparently there's a story arc in that that's all about the Dark Blade, and they think it's going to. Anyway, we're getting quite geeky here. But the the other thing is quite nice is how at the end of the end of the original Star Wars trilogy, you think, okay, great, they've won. They've you know it's amazing. The the the, the goodies have won, the baddies have lost. All the Ewoks are dancing, and then at the end of the um, the force awakens in those films. I remember, I think I said to you or said to somebody, it's, it just it makes me a bit sad because all of their lives, Han, Luke and Leah, they, they've all gone wrong. You know, none of them are happy. None of them got the sort of the success or the happiness mm. that they wanted. Mm. And then the, the new canon, things like rogue one. Um, and then the Mandalorian shows you kind of what happened to the universe after that. And one of the themes that goes through the Mandalorian is how the, rebellion who are now the is it the new republic they're trying to police the galaxy and they're all sort of like lone guys flying around in x-fighters x-wing saying well there's nothing i can do mate you know <laughs> so it's it's that fallout from a, a great kind of coup and overthrow a revolution and how do you rebuild from there i thought that was quite an interesting side of it as well yeah and that does feed into the wild west thing 
which yeah. is all about attempting to civilize uh, potentially a, a universe that you that can't be civilized and there are sort of competing forces there's the sort of the more democratic uh, 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 goodies you know the republic and then the the dark side the empire or the new order or whatever they call the first order mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to know exactly where it all fits in the timeline it's after yeah. the turn of the jedi basically and um and and then the mandalorian is just sort of like stuck in the middle of it all just try he's just a man trying to make his way through the universe as yeah. boba fett says um yeah so, interesting. so should, should, should we talk about the big spoiler then because you just mentioned return of the jedi yeah let's talk about the big spoiler the moment that happens at the end of the second series so uh something happens so if you don't if you haven't seen it and you don't want the spoiler this is when you need to i don't know what hit the ejector seat or skip <laughs> forwards or something like that and maybe i can put something on the screen to say skip forwards by you know five minutes or something so yeah what happens then at the end of um the the, the second series so it all it all culminates with the mandalorian and grogu being on this spaceship and they've grogu's, got, grogu's been sort of taken no no and, they got him they've got him back by this point grogu had been taken but they managed to rescue him right and because um, what they were doing with Grogu, they were trying to—they're trying to get him back to his kind, and his kind are the Jedi. So they—they they took him to that Jedi temple, and he sort of started using the Force. But he attracted the baddies, and they came and took him. And then they managed to get Grogu back. And then they're well, on they, this. They go, they, they go to this big spaceship where Grogu had been, uh, you know, kept by right. um, the guy from Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Moss Sidious Gus, Gus Spring G- Darth Gus Spring or whatever Sidious <laughs> Gus Spring from Breaking Bad basically has got him sorry for the Star Wars fans who know his this. name and are hating the fact that we're not using the right names I do apologise I mean, we're geeky but we're not that geeky right yeah. um, and uh, so yeah Grogu's been taken by this bad sort of um, dude this bad guy yeah bad dude and yeah they've managed to get grogu back somehow the mandalorian has a fight with gus fring in very yeah. exciting circumstances and there's like best car armor and a best car spear and the the the, the dark saber oh, and it's, yes, oh, I remember it's that. really cool yeah. really cool stuff yeah. and uh but they got grogu, grogu back but they don't realize that uh gus fring has um called for backup He's got and like a the full backup, metal army, hasn't he? It's a full, very nasty-looking army of super robot uh, uh, stormtrooper sort of Terminators yeah. who arrive. And they're really badass, and, and there's like way too many of them, and there's yeah. only a few Mandalorians. There's no, They're totally outnumbered. And, and it, it finishes, but, they're, they're, they're on the bridge, aren't they? They're on the bridge of this ship. They've closed the doors, and these, these things are like banging on the doors, and you can see the dents coming in, and you think, oh... How are they going to get out of this? Yeah, a bit of a and cliffhanger then, moment. A bit but... of a cliffhanger. And then an X-Wing flies past. And one of the characters says, oh, wow, one X-Wing? Is that all they've sent? Yeah. And then because they're on the bridge, they've got all these sort of screens with security cameras. And you see this shadowy figure emerge. Who is it? Who is it going to be? A hooded, hooded figure. character in a cape and a hood. And then right. he fires up a lightsaber. And it's a green lightsaber. And you're thinking, oh, 
Oh could God. it really could be? It be? <laughs> Can they? Is that possible? How does that? Fit? How is that going to fit in the timeline? Really? Is that really possibly Luke Skywalker? And listeners, it was Luke Skywalker, and he basically annihilates all the the robots, comes into the bridge, and then they give him little Yoda, Grogu. And, there's and a that's moment, how it finishes. I have to say, it's a very touching moment. I mean where uh the mandalorian uh what's his name i can't remember sorry star wars fans i'm so sorry we can't remember his name but then let's say the mandalorian has to hand over uh Mm. grogu this little Jin. Jin. he's called Jin. Jin. his name's Jin. they have to hand over this little baby yoda as everyone's calling him uh and they've obviously bonded like really strongly over the, the the course of the two seasons and it's a very touching moment i mean you know i wiped away a tear i have to say at that moment and um that's that's really great that that i was emotionally invested and engaged that's what we want from good stories and and especially from star wars so that was very interesting but so what did you think though of the return of luke skywalker how how did oh i I loved i well i we talked about spoilers before unfortunately i spoiled it for myself and i i kind of knew ahead of time that it was going to happen yeah but it was still very, very cool, very, very cleverly done. And I mean, he was very sort of CGI, wasn't he? Because it was young Luke Skywalker and old Mark Hamill can't play him. But I thought it was, it was, it looked realistic enough. Mm, it was a little bit floaty, uh, floaty face, uh, yeah. sort of uncanny valley, a little bit to me. I mean, they, they, the the way they did it was very clever that they had, first of all, the actor who was doing the physical stuff. And it was a really cool sequence of yeah. him dispatching all these robots. And it was another hallway lightsaber uh, sequence. Mm. I mean, we had one in Rogue One where Darth Vader uh, tears his way through some rebel like mm. uh, guards or whatever and uh and that's awesome and then so it was another one another hallway sequence and that was really great and he showed off all his amazing skills and abilities mm. which we hadn't really seen before so it was a little bit of like oh well, oh he's like so much so much more uh um skilled than he was in return of the jedi okay maybe he's been training all right fine i'll suspend my disbelief but then when he and i was like this has better be good and he pulled off the hood and it and i have to say (laughs) it was a little bit like his face was just kind of floating in front of like this this outfit i mean they had the 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 physical actor the 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 guy who who played the body of young luke and they used Mark Hamill as well to, to act out the scene. Okay. And then they mapped the young Luke's face onto the face of old art Mark Hamill. So like really clever motion capture stuff that they did. But nah, I don't know, the line around his face was just, I, it just, I was just like, nah, sorry, it's still not quite right. Still looks like a floaty little graphic in front of his face. Even though I, it was really good, it wasn't yeah. good enough. I, I'd have to watch it again. You know what I... Um... The first, you know what spoiled it for me? I saw somebody had cut that whole sequence where he comes onto the ship and dispatches, kills all the droids, and they cut it to Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero. Have you seen that? No. Oh, I will send it to you. It is very, very good. So it's a a song that was big here in the 80s and um somebody cut the whole sequence hero. yeah i'm holding up like, for a hero at the end of the night that's yeah. the one 
Yeah. I'll send that to you. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, that, and that's what I saw. That's what spoiled it for me. So I hadn't actually watched the real scene, but I had seen the sort of the Bonnie Tyler version. Okay. But yeah, just, just quickly on Star Wars, I just reminded me of something because today is the 1st of December that we're recording this. And so have you got an advent calendar, Luke? Yes. Yeah. What have you yes. got on your advent calendar? Is it a chocolate one? well things are so crazy we've got two we've got one which is just like little pictures behind doors and then we've got another one which is like these little sort of pouches that hang from hooks and because we're so disorganized we haven't put anything in the pouches yet so like (laughs) like to be honest like last night we're like oh god it's the first of december tomorrow what are we going to put in the advent calendar and it was just like oh we'll we'll find something so that's another thing i'm going to do today is like i buy some chocolate coins or something and put them in this in the things just put that in there so, yeah there's there's so many things that you forget oh, yeah, it's, it's tough. but i um a friend of mine sent me a picture of his advent calendar and it's a star wars advent calendar and it says 12 pairs of socks so i'm like 12 pairs of socks are there any what are there any 12 days on the lunar cycle of tatooine what's going on there <laughs> and he said no, no there's 24 doors i just get one sock a day Oh, that's great. I would love a calendar like, like that. It sounds terrible. It's almost cruel. So he opens one sock. When when am I going to get the matching sock? Is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be on the 23rd? What, you know, when is it going to come? Because he wants to be able to wear the socks immediately, but uh, he's going to have to wait. And it's not necessarily one sock and then the, like the left foot and then the right foot of that pair the next day. It's just random. So by yeah. the end of the month, he'll ha- he'll be able to actually wear the socks. So uh, they start yeah. with socks I, as well. They are Star Wars socks. So he said, you know, it, I think his his wife got it for him, and he said, you know, I didn't want to say anything in case you put me in a a Vader death grip. So uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I find your lack of socks disturbing. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, on that note, it's probably a good time to stop because you've got a meeting now uh, in, the, in, the metaverse, in the metaverse. Is, the, is that your is your meeting now? I don't know. You know, uh, all, all of our meetings, all of our team meetings are in the metaverse, and it's <laughs> it's it. The first couple, I was like, this is so because like the bot, my boss is just flying around, you know, and then <laughs> other people are doing other stuff, you know. But it's um, yeah, it, you get used to it, and it actually, I don't know what it is, but it makes you much more focused on what mm-hmm. you're doing. I don't know why. I'm, I'm still trying to understand the sort of the dynamics behind that, but there's something about having to focus, you know, because we'll sort of walk around these environments and talk about stuff as we go. So I'm kind of engaged in what I'm doing, and it it helps you listen. And I think from a learning perspective, that really aids retention, that sort of learning by doing. So it works as well in the meeting environment. So, yeah. Great. Well, it was really good to chat to you again. I hope the listeners have enjoyed uh, listening to us talking uh, and uh, all the best. And I look forward to uh, doing a podcast with you in the metaverse at some point. That would be really cool. Definitely. Thanks, everyone. Great to be back again. Cheers. Bye for now. Bye-bye. So that was Andy Johnson there talking to me about the metaverse and the Mandalorian. Thanks again to Andy for taking part in uh, this episode. It's always nice to have him on the podcast. Um, Metaverse, uh, Mandalorian, more M words. How many M words are there now in the Luke and Andy sort of parallel universe that we live in? (laughs) 
How many M words did you count? So there's millennials, marathons, moving, Moby, metaverse, multiverse, metaphysical, Mandalorian, Marvel, and Matrix. It's like 10 M words. It's like Andy and I only exist in a parallel universe where everything begins with an M. There are probably more. So, you know, bonus points for any of you out there who can find any other significant M words in this conversation listeners thank you so much for listening all the way to the end you are the super duper super special extra special uh uh lepsters who listen all the way through to the end to listen to me just sort of rambling like this at the end Uh, it's always nice to have you with me uh as i said at the beginning of the episode this is probably going to be it for the podcast until um you know the new year until january but we'll see we will see. I did um, actually record something with Amber and Paul. So I've got an Amber and Paul episode in the pipeline. It's recorded. There's a video version of it and everything. It's not the um, not the Louvre episode, not the one where we went around the Louvre, but another one. Uh, but genuinely, if I could get that together and publish it, then I would. But literally, I've got so many time constraints now that I think that literally after I've stop recording this and put the episode together and stuff after i've done after i've finished publishing this i think i will be packing away everything in fact i've got to do that i've got to start that this afternoon everything's got to get packed away we've got a ridiculous time deadline in which we have to get everything packed and moved into the new flat before our our tenancy period in this current flat finishes so a certain after a certain date and it's very soon basically our landlord might say okay right out you go then we need to get the flat ready to find new tenants in january so they might we might have to leave i mean we will have to leave because we've agreed uh, an end point for our rental here for the renting of this uh, apartment so there's that um also, we've got flights booked to go to England to be uh, with my parents and my brother for Christmas. So there's that date as well. And also the other date, the other thing that needs to be ready is the the, the other flat that we're moving into. It's, it's got to be finished. All the work has to be finished. And I'll be honest, there are still quite a lot of things to be done. Uh, so it's all coming to a head, as they say. Um, so... Anyway, um, this might be the last episode of the year because I'm going to pack all of this stuff away uh, pretty much as soon as I've finished putting this episode together. So thank you for being with me throughout the year of 2021, the weird and wonderful year that it's been, the crazy year, maybe more weird than wonderful. I don't know. I don't know how it's been for you. Probably a bit better than 2020, but who can say? In any case, we... We, we did it right we made it we made it this far uh so all we need to do is just keep calm and carry on and let's just hope that 2022 is going to be a reasonable year that's all we want isn't it i think so uh but thanks for listening to my podcast this year uh whether you are a new listener someone who's just discovered the podcast recently 
or if you're a long-term listener or a mid-term listener or whoever you are, wherever you're from, whichever corner of Lepland uh, you are from, um, thank you for listening and thank you for keeping the podcast alive in your own special way. And, um, you know, I will speak to you soon um, in some form. I mean, oh dear, I've got a premium episode I have to do. I've got to finish P33 and do some pronunciation drills. We will see. It might be a late night podcast, but I think you'll understand if that one doesn't arrive until uh, January 2. Uh, January 2? Not the 2nd of January. I just mean January as well. Okay, time to stop talking now. Merry Christmas, season's greetings, Happy New Year. I hope you have a good December and that you can have some nice, you know, nice family time or just some time off. Um, and uh, I will speak to you very soon. Leave your comments in the comments section on the website, on YouTube. Although this, the, the, the stuff you're hearing me say now, this is not on YouTube. This is just for the audio people. So get in touch. Leave me a comment on the website. And um, all the very best for you for the festive period and best wishes for the new year. And I will speak to you very soon. Well, I say very soon, as soon as possible. But for now, it's just time to say ho, 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 Merry Christmas and goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.